calling you to as a Christian, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Disciples don't just live with reason. We need reason. But reason can only go so far. And then God invites us with faith to experience something new which will increase our reason and understanding. For example, if we thought this room was all that existed, it would take faith to walk to another room which you never thought was there. I would say, hey, I want you guys to follow me out the doors. There's another room outside there. And some of you might be like, well, I'm comfortable here. I like where I'm at here. I have peace. I feel pretty good about my life. I'm, I'm pretty content where I'm at. Imagine dying and realizing you could have experienced a whole ton more of rooms and beautiful creation and the mountains and the seas and the sun, the moon and the stars. Let's say you never saw any of that and you kept yourself from it because you lived by reason alone and you didn't let faith stretch you. Faith means taking risks. Taking a risk. When you take a risk, you're going to experience something new. Think of Abraham. Abraham was asked by God to leave his homeland, to leave everything that was familiar to him. To leave it and to go to some pagan land in Canaan. Think about that. Does that make any sense to leave what's somewhat familiar and comfortable and leave everything and then just go to some pagan country? For Abraham, that was a huge step of faith. That's why we call Abraham our father in the faith. You can look at all of scripture. Look at all the lives of the saints. People that move from the natural to the supernatural do it through faith. Faith opens you to the life of grace. Faith opens you to the life of grace. Think of it. We're called to, you guys in the pews represent earth. The sanctuary is heaven. We're called at mass to move from earth to heaven. Right? We're called to move from the natural to the supernatural. Bread and wine. Bread and wine. Two natural things. Bread made from wheat. Wine made from grapes. That's what we did. We made bread. We made wine. Can anyone here make bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus? No. So what do we do? We give God what's natural, bread and wine. We place it on the altar. And we call down through Jesus, through the priest, calls down the Holy Spirit, transforms the bread and wine from natural to supernatural, becomes his body, blood, soul, and divinity when the Spirit of God comes upon it. God says, do this in memory of me. Why? Because he wants us to enter into the supernatural. He opened heaven. Remember on the cross when he died? The temple veil was torn in two. He gave access to humanity, to his divinity. In 1 Peter it says, we are partakers of his divine nature. Do we want to see miracles? Do we want to see healing? Do we want to see deliverance? Do we want to see people on fire, excited, ablaze with God's divine life and love? We all want this. We have to then what? Take a step in faith. Make an act of faith. Moving from, again, natural to the supernatural. Now look at this first reading from 1 Kings. What happens to the widow? Listen to this. This widow, Elijah comes to this widow who in Zarephath. And 
He's like, please bring me a cup of, of water. Then she goes to get it, and he calls out and says, also bring me some bread. And the woman says to him, I have nothing to bake. She goes, there's only a handful of flour left. She goes, and a little oil in my jug. She goes, just now, I was collecting a couple sticks to go and prepare something for myself and my son. But after we eaten it, we were going to just die because that's it. We don't have any more. That's natural. Makes sense, right? We don't have enough food. We're going to die. What are we going to do? Well, Elijah says, trust God. Trust me. He goes, what does Elijah say? Don't be afraid. How many of us are afraid to take a step in faith? I, not too long ago, invited someone to a, a blaze night that we did here. And this person <laughs> just took a risk in faith, you know. They weren't really faithful members of the church or any particular denomination. Just coming to the church, I invited them. And <laughs> this person came to a blaze and they talked to us afterwards. And they're like, you know, if you wouldn't have invited me to a blaze, I was planning to take my life. And at that ablaze, not only did God heal them with give them hope to not take their life, but God also re reunited them with a, a brother that they were estranged for 40 years. And God healed that relationship. Now, what if Father Michael would have said, you know what? I'm not going to ask this person to come to this. I, they aren't going to want to come. Look at that choice that I made. I had no clue of the gravity of my cooperating with the Holy Spirit that day. If I would have said, ah, I'm tired, I don't, I don't want to do that. And that's just one of many examples I could give you of people in my life that I had no clue of the impact God would have in their life if I cooperate with the Holy Spirit. God changed their life, not because of me, but because I said yes to him and I moved away from reason. I used faith and stepped out and walked on that water a little bit and God influenced somebody, transformed and changed their lives. And I see that again and again when I take risks for the Lord. Look what Abraham did. He went to Canaan, a whole new holy nation God founded, a holy people. God did this amazing thing through Abraham. All through the Bible again, all the saints, all of us are called to move from the natural to the supernatural. So it's reasonable this woman's like, we're going to die. We don't have enough food. Okay? Now listen. Elijah says to her, don't be afraid. Go do as you propose. Make, make me a cake first. It's like, Elijah, you're a little bit selfish. The woman's starving. Why do you want to make you a cake first? Right? Kind of sounds like a little bit. He goes, make me a little cake and bring it to me. Then you can prepare something for yourself. How many of us, when we're in that place of poverty and feel like, I don't have anything to give, I can't give much, we want to then kind of self-preserve. We want to protect ourselves, right? Self-preservation. Self Elijah's telling this woman who's poor and going to die, you feed me first. Elijah's a servant of God. The woman's taking a risk. She's making an act of faith in the servant of God that was sent to her. And what happens? Listen, for the Lord, the God of Israel says, these jars shall not go empty, nor the oil run dry. And it says, she and Elijah did as said and was able to eat for a whole year from the same jar. Now that's not natural. That's supernatural. 
But God wants to intervene, but he can't intervene if we stay with reason alone. We're trying to fly through life with reason alone. You need faith and reason. God made us to soar. God wants you and I to reach our full potential as disciples of Jesus. Coming to church does not make you a disciple. You can come to church every week and not be a disciple of Jesus. A disciple of Jesus is someone who's listening daily to the call of the Lord, seeking God's voice, hearing his voice, and then following his voice. There's days I'm a priest. There's days I'm not a disciple. I don't always cooperate with the Lord. Just because I wear this collar doesn't mean anything. I have to cooperate with the Lord just like you guys. We have to walk in his ways. And when you follow Jesus, guys, you're going to take up the cross. It's not easy, is it? Well, Lord, how am I going to give when I don't have anything to give? I'm tired. I don't have any energy. I can't tell you another example in my life how many times I was so tired and I'm like, I just can't give anymore. I'm done. And I said, the Lord says, I need you to do this. And I chose to do it. And when I was done with it, I had more energy than I had before I started. Now, how did that happen? Because I was over here really tired. I made a choice for the Lord in faith, in faith. And the Lord blessed me with more energy. God multiplied the little energy I had. And I had more when I left. I encourage everybody in here. I, and I say this over and over. We have adoration here from Sunday 2 o'clock until Friday midnight, all through the week. People were in there 20, 24 hours a day praying before Jesus Christ, the Lord, of, Lord and King of Kings. You're all welcome. Everyone's welcome. If you don't have the code, call the parish office, get the code to the Adoration Chapel, and come in here and pray. Listen, I don't have time. I have a lot to do. Welcome to the human race. Who has a lot of time? But here's the point. It's not giving until it hurts. I'm going to choose to do an hour of adoration. I'm going to choose to pray. And you know what's going to happen? God's going to multiply your time. You're going to have more time than you realize before you started with prayer. It happens over and over. And if he doesn't give you more time, he'll give you more energy. He'll give you clarity. He'll give you peace so that you can carry on what would have took you with reason alone to do four, five hours in frustration You'll get done in two hours after an act of faith and prayer, and it'll be peaceful. God paves the way for those who put their faith in him and trust in him and walk in his ways. Make straight the way of the Lord, right? John the Baptist. And this is what God wants for all of our lives. He wants you and I to be his disciples, to listen to his voice, to follow in faith. It's not easy. You have to die to self. You have to die to self can't choose always what, what is just reasonable. Sometimes God says, I want you to do this. Love can be the most unreasonable thing at times. Because love can put you in a place where it's very inefficient. Like, this is crazy. Lord, this is not working. And the Lord's like, stick with me, stay with me, be with me. Was this, does this seem reasonable? This guy didn't do anything wrong. Does it seem reasonable that he's hanging up on a cross? I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. That's irrational. But little did we know our salvation was being worked out on that cross. And all of us here, all of us here have been paid for by Jesus' precious body and blood on that cross. And when you come to Mass, 
When you guys are at Mass, we are celebrating the ultimate act of divine love, God giving his life up for each one of us and laying his life down for each one of us. He declares you as blessed, as good. He declares you as his own. He makes you his own. He chooses you. He's called everybody in this church. He's inviting you today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Open yourself more. And this is another one, guys. We limit God a lot, don't we? We have limitations like, oh, you know, I've been a Christian a long time. I'm happy. You know, here I am. I'm, I've, I think I've experienced the Lord. Guess what? God has more for you. If you have the mindset that, you know what, I'm pretty content where I'm at as a Christian, I'm good. God's saying, don't, don't put your limiters on me. Make an act of faith. Give me more. Give me more and watch what I can do with what you give me. Watch what I can do with what you give me. So I'd like you to think about your resources, your time. How are you investing your time a week? Look at your last seven days. How much time did you give to God in prayer? One hour a week's not going to cut it. One hour a week at Mass is great. I'm glad you're here. But if you really want to be a disciple and experience the supernatural and the glory of God, one hour a week's not going to cut it. And if you're not taking more than that hour, you've got to ask some questions. Why am I not spending more time in the, in the Bible? Why am I not reading the scriptures? Why am I not taking time in prayer? It's not a message of condemnation. It's an invitation for you to not just limit yourself to what you think. Your ways aren't always his ways. My thoughts are not always his thoughts. I need to let God have some thought room in my mind and let God move in my life. Maybe God's calling you to uh, take a step, but you're afraid. It's normal to experience fear. What did Elijah say to the woman? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Yeah, you're limited. I'm limited. We're limited. He's unlimited. And I ask you, think of Peter when he got out of the boat and walked on the water. Was that natural? Can anyone here walk on water? No, we can't do that. That's supernatural. But Peter made a choice to get out of his comfort zone and walk on water because the Lord called him to it. But what happened to Peter? He went back to his reason alone and he started, oh, the wind, the waves, and he started to sink. And Jesus grabbed Peter and he pulled him up out of the water. And what did he say to Peter? He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter was experiencing the supernatural. He was walking on water. And then he started to take his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. We, as a church, are called to encounter Jesus become his disciples, and then be transformed from the natural to the supernatural. And when people see you out in the world, at work, at home, in the marketplace, people should look at you, and you should be bold about telling them who you are, sharing your faith with them, sharing with them what God's doing in your life. And this is what this parish is, this is what we're doing here. We are looking at people that want to be disciples, that not just want to come to Sunday Mass, okay? Want to be real disciples of the Lord, and it's going to require sacrifice, time, and energy. But what you're going to experience is a whole new venue of glory 
in God's presence. A whole new experience. Think about myself. I went from an architectural engineer to a priest. I went from something somewhat natural, right? Architectural engineering. Now I'm a priest. What happened? Well, the Lord called me. I didn't have to say yes. I didn't have to say yes. I didn't. He gives us the freedom. I said, yes, Lord. I don't understand it. I don't always get it, but I say yes to you, and I choose you. So I left behind the natural, and he started to move me to the priesthood, the supernatural. Now, I'm not saying that every occupation is just natural. You can live supernatural as an architectural engineer as well, but God was calling me to leave and to come to something different, the priesthood, so that I could help you, invite you, and you could help me, and together we, in Jesus, could glorify our Father in heaven to his praise, honor, and glory. So just a final thought. Our psalm today says, Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord, my soul. I want you to experience praise. Like when we're doing the music, sing with your heart. Praise him. I don't care if you sound like a frog. Sing. Sing. He gave you the voice. Give it back to him. Say, Lord, all right, you gave me this voice. I'm going to sing it out to you. Give God your time. Give him your voice. Give him your heart. Give him your energy. Give him your affection. Give him your praise. You don't always feel like it, right? Well, guess what? I don't always feel like it either. But it's not about feelings. Your spirit, pray with your spirit. Your emotions, your thoughts are going to be here, there, all over at times. But your spirit, in his spirit, Filled with the Holy Spirit, praises Him, praises Him, adores Him, worships Him. You're not here, guys, just for yourselves. You're not at Mass just for yourselves. You're here for your family that don't know the Lord. You're here for people in the world that don't know the Lord. We're bringing all of humanity to Jesus at this Mass. We're praising and worshiping Him. And God, when He flows into you, flows into them. God heals others as we allow Him to come through us into the world, okay? So I want, I want to try one thing here. I'm going to sit down. I want you guys to open your hands. Do this. Make a little palm, okay? Okay, now I want you to put in your palm of your hands somebody's heart that's not at, that, that you think, you know, maybe they are hurting right now or they don't know the Lord. Just pick someone in your family or a friend that you know that's hurting. Put, them in, put their heart in your hand. Put your other hand over it. And we're going to take 30 seconds to let Jesus in us pour love into that person. So just be still and let the Lord in you just pour his love. Just pray, pray love into that person right now. Amen. That, whoever you were holding, 
Remember, we're the body of Christ. You were letting Jesus hold someone and pour love into them. You can do that for any member of your family. You could do it with your own heart. If you're ever distracted or having a hard time praying, take your heart, hold it, and pour love from heaven into it in the name of Jesus. That's what we call interceding. Look, that time you just gave, you're never going to get it back. But you used it loving. The time you're here at Mass, you'll never get this time back. The last hour you will never get back. But you invested it in Him. You should be proud of that. Like God's given you the grace and faith to come here and to worship Him. So as we continue Mass, maybe take some of those thoughts into your prayer. Think of this week. Think of maybe some choices that you can make to walk out of that boat, step out a little, be like the widow. You might think, well, I don't have much to give. Neither did the widow, but look what God did with her gift. So take what you have and give it to the Lord. Don't be afraid to give, and if it hurts a little bit, that's a good sign. That means you're stepping out of what you're comfortable, and you're using your faith muscle a little more. Or using a lot of reason, but often like barely a little faith. God's like, start using both. Use both. Wings. And you'll start to soar and experience that full beauty of God that he wants to give us.